0: from Chico, California. This is the Barbless Fly Fishing Podcast, where we discuss cal fly fishing, guiding, fisheries science and management, conservation, and more. Know better, fish better. Here's your host, Hogan Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Hogan Brown, and uh, thank you for tuning into the Barbless Podcast. It is March 20th, and according to not me, because I said last time March first is the official start of spring. But today, I think it must be a lunar, a lunar thing. It is the official start of spring today, um, and I'm sitting looking out, looking out my office window, and by golly, it uh, it actually looks like spring. Like there is blue skies, the sun is out. I'm looking out my twelve-year-old running around the backyard, and he actually has shorts on. Um, his legs are shockingly white so let's be very clear they haven't seen a ton of sun it has not been sunny very often but uh for the moment it looks like spring um of course there is you know a 90 to 80 percent chance of rain forecasted for the next three days and not like spring rain i i heard it described as an atmospheric river again so uh Man, batting down the hatches, most of our rivers are already ripping. Um, Last week, I think it was Thursday, I I took my boat up to Redding. Thursday or Wednesday, I took my boat up to Redding to get some work done on it. And if you know the stretch of I-5 between, gosh, would that be Orland and, say, Redding, you know, you drive over, I don't know, 30 creeks. And, like, realistically, you know, maybe three of them traditionally have water in them. But, you know, they call them creeks nonetheless. And, man, were they creeks. Everything everything that you drove over that you would think had water in it, it was standing waves and some just torrents of water. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, driving over Cow Creek. I think Cow Creek got up to like 40,000 CFS. Uh, It was over the levees uh, on the south side. So absolute massive amounts of water coming into the sack. And then I drove up and picked the boat up Thursday. That's right. And uh, driving home, uh, Woodson Bridge was actually closed. They wouldn't let you cross it. Because there was so much water coming down the sack. And so took some back roads home, got uh, up to or down to Highway 32 and crossed over at Highway 32. And the the river was insane. Um, if you know the, the, I think it's, I always call it Doug's house up from the Highway 32 bridge. The water was in Doug's yard. Whereas you're usually looking up, I don't know, sitting in the boat. 10 feet, 15 feet to like Doug's house. Um, Pine Creek boat ramp was flooded into the parking lot. Uh, Scotty's boat ramp was flooded up to rivers road. Like I would imagine I did not see the backside of Scotty's, but I bet the water was up over the back porch. So just just, Massive amounts of water. I think it tapped out at 108,000 CFS, something like that coming down. So uh, just <laughs> insane amounts of water. Um, and more is coming. You know, I drove over the river today. It's still brown and there looks like there's trees and stuff floating down. it. I mean, it is by no means dropped um, down to like anything of a normal flow. From what I've heard, it's pretty muddy up through Reading. Um, there's mud coming in below Shasta from I always forget what it is, but there's a, a creek and a mine or something up there that'll muddy up that upper stretch. Uh the lake though, last information I got was the lake is a, a good clarity. So if uh if we can just stop the runoff up there, you know, there'll be at least a couple miles of trout fishing up there that uh, people will be able to do, but not much else. Lake Shasta and Lake Orville are firing. Um, John Fischetti, Cal Bass Union member John Fischetti and Cal Bass Union members Ryan Williams and Ben Thompson have both been out on Orville and Shasta doing well. So, you know, it's really going to be one of those springs, I think, where the, the, the lakes – whether you like trout lakes or bass lakes or whatever. But I mean, that is going to be the spring game as there is still just massive amounts of snow. That's going to melt and come down. Uh, it's going to be a, a tough spring for those that like to fish. I think we're going to have to kind of think outside the box, look at a lot of lakes, uh, get real good at fishing high water, <laughs> which is uh, not something as Californians. We have a lot of practice doing so. Good news is, um, last I looked, Shasta's at like 90% of its historic average. You know, Orville's almost full. I mean, they're dumping water out the spillway starting last week. So, you know, from a water standpoint, you know, it looks good. You know, the, the groundwater's going to soak through, replenish a lot of those aquifers. But, you know, still those have been tapped for and, you know, stress for the last couple years. So. Uh, nothing to complain about, but I would, uh, I, I, uh, I honestly am not excited about more rain. I'm ready for some, uh, sunshine and flip-flops and spring fishing, but I, uh, dare I say, I'm think we're a little ways away. So at least for the rivers, um, I know getting out on Orville and shasta right now is a real option so if anybody's wanting to get out fit getting out and fish or wanting to get out and fish those are definitely options right now and gonna be good options this spring so other than that we had um our first cal Bastion union day of the spring uh, two weekends ago a week ago um down at fly fishing specialties so if you're listening and you attended thank you so much for coming it was I think we had right around a hundred people show up, you know, throughout the day we collected about, I don't know, 70 some emails. So, you know, not everybody wants to give out their email. You you do, you do get a free raffle ticket though, if you sign up for the email list. Uh, And I'm pretty sure I'd have to confirm with Ben, Captain Ben Thompson, but I'm pretty sure everyone in attendance won something. So, uh, you know, the event's free and you walk away with free stuff. So, uh, it was great. I want to give a shout out to Fly Fishing Specialties. You know, if you are in the greater Sacramento area and you have a chance to stop by, it is probably, in my opinion, one of the best inventoried fly shops around that I've been into. Um, you know, super knowledgeable staff, big open sales floor, just everything you could possibly want. Uh, fly tying material galore. Uh, I know I watched Ben and Ryan basically walk around. I think Ryan walked around with like a legit shopping list and a, uh, like a grocery basket, (laughs) just buying fly tying materials. So, uh, if those guys can find something there that they don't have, I'm sure most of us could as well. So, uh, thank you to specialties and I highly recommend stopping in if you're in the area. Don't, uh, don't fret though. Uh, if you missed that one or it wasn't really in your locale, uh, we have our last Calbash Union Day of the Spring coming up April first at Lost Coast Outfitters. This is another free event. Uh, Lost Coast Outfitters in San Francisco. We're going to take over the shop and the bar next door. So uh, we're going to have presentations, fly tying. Uh, Patrick McKenzie, Captain Patrick McKenzie, Ryan Williams, myself, Chuck Reagan, Ben Thompson. Bryce Tedford, Captain Bryce Tedford, John Sherman. And I think that is it. We will all be in attendance, fly tying, uh, giving presentations and just realistically talking bass, trying to get people fired up about bass fishing, which let's be real. Ponds and lakes are going to be a, a, a large part of the options to go fishing this spring and probably into the early summer. So um, great news is we got a lot of water and when the rivers are ready, they'll be rocking. Um, Migratory striper fishing is probably going to be insane this year. Those fish will, who knows how far they're going to go upriver? but you know, if we can get fishable, you know, we don't necessarily need clear water, but safely navigable and fishable water. So that should be an option as well and be pretty good. And as soon as the upper couple miles of the lower sack clears, that'll be an option too, you know, and just, It's hard to talk about options without much experience with this much snow and rain. I was trying to think about it. There was a year, I think maybe 2006, 2005. I'm trying to think back. I was talking to Chuck about this. There was a year where I didn't fish the Yuba. I was still guiding the Yuba bunch and I think it was the, the summer after I got married. So it'd be the 2006 summer. Yeah. 2006. Yeah. Um, maybe 2005. I know I got married in 2005, but I'm, I'm foggy on the, on which summer it was. Uh, I did not fish or float the Ubin until like June. It was blown from February through June. And, you know, obviously there was probably some windows in there, but it was just, I and I think when I fished it in June, it was like around 3,000, 2,500 CFS. And I don't think that summer it ever got too far below like 2,500, to grand. So, which is, let's be very clear, an awesome flow on the Yuba. So, you know, good things, just different. We don't have a lot of experience with it. So, onward and upward though, as they say. So, Excited about the episode, I uh I got a really I, I'm trying to think. I was trying to think when I started the interview how long I've known Adam and but I I'm thinking it's like nine or ten years. And I met Adam hanging out with a previous guest, and as I say, the most interesting man in the world, uh, Henry Lamelli. And Adam was doing at the time, I think he was in college or just getting out of college, but he was doing uh, kind of helping Henry as a second boat on some of his, uh, nature tours or river tours, eco tours is what he would call them. And, uh, both of us were kind of, you know, figuring out the river, finding all the cool stuff that was out there, just hungry to learn and spending a ton of time, um, out on the water. And Adam was always at the time a, uh, a fairly accomplished gear angler. And uh, he's kind of, you know, danced and worked in that world as a salmon guide, a a conventional striper guide and a uh, conventional sturgeon guide. And I don't, I don't know how long, but over the last maybe a couple of years, he's gotten into the fly game as well. You know, got a drift boat, um, definitely spends time on the river chasing stripers and such like that. But I wanted to have him on and talk about one of the, the fish that swims in our rivers yet. Most of us fly anglers really don't ever target them or know anything about them. And that's the, the white and green sturgeon. And Adam started posting some videos from his guide season last year of fish that were just, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 feet. I mean, just specimens. Right. And if you spend enough time on the river, you see them. They like just come up and emerge out of the depths, like almost sunning themselves. And they're in, they're almost inquisitive. They're like checking you out just as much as you're checking them out. And then they just kind of disappear. And many times throughout my life on, on the sack, I've had these encounters with these fish and they've always just really interested me in the sense of, I mean, they're, they're most of them that I would see are twice my age, if not three times, you know, I've seen some fish that were 10, 12 feet long, you know, those fish are easily a hundred years and, you know, the things they've survived, the things they've seen, the, you know, just the world that they have survived in amongst such change and, uh, environmental degradation, you know where other fish have you know their populations have collapsed you know or suffered um the sturgeon just kind of keep plugging along and adam spends a lot of time chasing these fish and he's he's really meticulous about how he does it he's he's kind of a a student of whatever he does i've always really respected him for that he's incredibly detail oriented when it comes to his craft and so i knew that most of us think you know oh well you just drop anchor and soak something stinky for sturgeon you know you and there's way more to it than that and you know adam in talking to him made that readily apparent so um hope you enjoy this one completely different you know do talk a little fly fishing here and there but uh Mainly sturgeon, which if you fly fish, you probably don't know a whole ton of lot about and, uh, learning something new is not a bad thing. So joy, Adam from from fishadam.com, a good friend and uh man of many skills. All right. Be well. All right. Hey everybody. This is Hogan Brown. Welcome back to the barbells podcast. I'm really excited to welcome a, uh, uh, an old friend. I consider an old friend. How long, how long we've we been friends together? I mean, mm-hmm. black boat. How long ago was the black boat?
1: um i sold it five six years ago
0: okay so i'm thinking i had
1: it for four years so
0: so maybe nine years yeah because i remember when you got that yeah Yeah. okay yeah so friend of nine years we're almost double digits so i consider that a long time uh my good friend and fellow guide um adam and Drini. welcome to the show thanks for having me yeah so, first, first podcast. Yeah, this is your podcast. Yeah, we're breaking it. Yep. It's uh, it's it's realistically, it sounds like a lot bigger deal, but it's really just you, me sitting in my living room awkwardly talking. Yep. Well, Disgusting. no one is listening, World but everyone news. will be eventually listening. So, yeah. So, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Where you're from? What you do?
1: Yeah. Um, grew up in Red Bluff. My whole life. Graduated there. Uh, moved to chico for college and just kind of fell in love with it And i mean you got the river in your backyard and yeah right all all the hunting and fishing you want to do and um yeah i uh started guiding when i was 19 for ducks and
0: oh wow i didn't know that
1: yeah for uh one of the best places around i think um mallard ponds on lawn Seco.
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. So I did that. It's kind of downhill from there. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's, it, uh, yeah, I was actually living at a friend's house and I was rodeoing at the Timeside so horses and his father-in-law runs the Mallard ponds or used to. Yeah. And so one day we're out there and he's like, Hey, can you call ducks? I'm like, well, I, I think so. I do you
0: know. <laughs> the answer is yes. The answer is yes.
1: Yeah. And so he's like, huh, well, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, um, are you, are you offering to take me duck hunting <laughs> and he's like kind of kind of I was like yeah, yeah yeah what time you know so he tells me to meet him in the morning so i was like okay so show up down there and he walks we walk out to one of the blinds and sit down and he was like okay tell me when to shoot i'm like what <laughs> you know this is this guy in his 70s or yeah late, late 60s and out there for 40 years and yeah like the duck god right yeah and so like uh, from what i remember is you know it's like flock flies by i call out or whatever yeah and then another flock flies by and i call out him come in i'm like shoot him <laughs> and he's like ah, ah, and, <laughs> from, and i'm like oh, you know just barely out of high school and super green really yeah and here's this guy and he's like trying to guide him right (laughs) and so he's like that's not you know it's not not too bad i guess so then at the end of the honeys he's he's like next year do you want to work for me i was like yeah (laughs) so it it turned out um
0: that that was the job interview yeah
1: that (laughs) Yeah. that was the the most intense and hardest job interview.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so, did you bring your gun? Did you? Did, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you get my to hunt? And, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: We, I mean, we it wasn't that good of a day. We shot a few, but
0: it was, i was just thinking of the awkwardness of oh, you show yeah. up with your dog and your gun, and the guy's oh, like, yeah. "No, no, no, leave that in the truck. You're calling him yeah. for
1: me." <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> so that kind of kicked off um my guide my guiding career. Yeah, and then, um. So for 5 years I worked for him and then about the 3rd year I really started like uh like I, I mean I always fished and I had yeah. boats and I just kind of like I'd be out salmon fishing and watching all these other guides and I'm like why why am I not taking people Yeah. you know and so it just kind of spiraled from there when I got my captain's license and I'm Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: So when I met you you were guiding and you were doing uh the tours with Henry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the eco tours. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I still help him a little bit, but COVID kind of just shut that down. And he, he's kind of, he's retired and, yeah, not moved on, but still does a few and just kind of scaled back.
0: Those were some of the funnest. Those were, he's so good at that. And he's been on the podcast before, but I always refer to Henry as the most interesting man in the world. You know,
1: he is. He knows everything about everything. so fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So, how'd you get into, Guide cause now well what are you guiding for now mainly?
1: Um right now like sturgeon. Sturgeon. Yes, yeah, so like sturgeon. I mean I do a lot of
0: you kinda do things, everything, but, yeah. don't you? Yes.
1: Yeah, so, I mean we'll do I'll do sturgeon, stripers, trout. Um you can say steelhead, but it's really trout. <laughs> <laughs> trout steelhead. Yeah, there you go. Um and then ducks. Wow. Yeah.
0: Now do you hunt do you guide any deer hunting or any of the No I don't. No, okay. Um
1: I have in the past, yeah, but I usually try to stick in the boat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So yeah, because the reason I, uh, for, for the guest, the one thing Adam does that I absolutely know nothing about, but have read briefly in the last seven days on the interweb, if you trust the interweb is sturgeon fishing. And I think if you've ever spent any amount of time on one of our rivers, especially in a boat, you've probably seen one, you know, um, Maybe not so much on the lower U, you'd have to be below gear, but if you've been on the feather salmon fishing or been on the sack salmon fishing or striper fishing, you've seen them. But I, I've never heard of anyone fly fishing for them. Have you? Nope. Have, yeah. No.
1: And I like I've thought about it so many times. <laughs> you, I mean, there's spots I can think of where you can maybe swing a fly and yeah, but like the way their mouths are,
0: yeah, the the, the anatomy, the biology of the situation doesn't seem to work. Correct. Yeah, that I couldn't get over that either because I was I was thinking about that and I'm like,
1: yeah, like you can't even floss them.
0: <laughs> yeah, the anatomy is just not built for uh, yeah. grabbing a fly. No. So how? So for our listeners, I've 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 always been. I think I got interested in, in them last spring. You were posting just some amazing pictures of fish. Yeah, was last spring really good for you?
1: Yeah. So typically drought years, okay, um, tend to produce more.
0: For okay. Me. Yeah,
1: um, they're when the water is really low and slotty. Like, yeah, like pinchy. Yeah, 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 yeah. They really congregate. So gotcha. Like, so like, I feel like you can get more opportunity at less fish.
0: Gotcha. That makes um, sense.
1: But I mean, it's also water temperature. So like, gotcha. The water gets warm earlier. Okay. On the drought years. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of cues them to come up and spawn. I think. Okay. Because like today, for example, or the last few weeks, I. I'm not seeing as many on the graph as yeah. I normally do. Yeah. So, um, you know, if they're not congregated, it's harder. harder yeah, it's to a little move. harder. Yeah.
0: So I was seeing you post some of these pictures. I mean, you you got. I mean, they're enormous fish. They're huge. They're huge. It's big game of the river. Yeah, and they're they're just cool looking. The times I've encountered them on the river, it's like they're like curious. They're friendly. They're like gentle giants, Gentle giants, like they seem like they kind of had those moments where you, you, you they kind of look at you and they're cruising on the surface and you're kind of like, Oh, Hey, what's up, buddy? How's yeah. it going? And then they disappear. And, uh, so when you started posting them, I was like, man, I got to get you on the podcast and talk about these fish. Cause they, they are such a, in a different fishing world outside of maybe fly fishing. They're pretty, they're right up there as a target species. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. You know, and I think anybody's seen the pictures of, you know, like the Columbia River ones and that right. type of stuff. But, you know, break down what, do, what are the fisheries, I guess, for them that we have locally and kind of what we'll, you talked about. Then we kind of jumped the gun and said they're andronomous or they're moving up into spawn. What is their kind of life cycle as well?
1: Yeah. Um, so my understanding, uh, like the majority of them live in our Delta or mm-hmm. you know, kind of estuary, if you will. Yeah. Um, but they do go out to the ocean and yeah. migrate up and down the coast. That's and insane. Yeah, because, I mean, there's there's evidence that shows, like, the Columbia River will see, you know, Sac River, Sturgeon, and vice versa. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's um, cool. Yep. And then, uh, so, like, they come up all the rivers. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they're landlocked in all the major lakes, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Orville, like yeah. Yeah. So That's pretty wild to think.
0: <laughs> I remember, and you probably saw this too. Some dude was, you know, bass fishing on Shasta and he caught an enormous one. Yeah. It was like,
1: choking on a catfish. <laughs> yeah. Was that it? Yeah. yeah. It was like almost a dead on the surface and he saved it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause I just remember seeing the picture of
0: the, the tail and the dude's hand. And I'm like, that is an enormous animal.
1: Yeah. Had a build catfish. <laughs> stuff in its crop.
0: Oh man. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah.
1: But uh, so every spring um, is like the major push to come up and spawn. Yeah. They, they have to have fresh water and moving current to spawn in.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So, they,
1: so that's why they come up in and, and like Chico for white sturgeon. Chico to, you know, south of Calusa is kind of like the prime uh, spawning grounds. Gotcha. On the Sac River. Gotcha. And so, you know, basically now. Yeah. In March is when you see that big influx of fish coming up to spawn. Gotcha. And then once the water hits, um, and I have not found anything that shows, like, optimum spawning temperature. Yeah. Like, stripers is pretty obvious, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. They go from pre spawned all of a sudden, boom, boom. spawning. So, <laughs> 65 <laughs> degrees, they're just— Go time. Go. Yeah. So the sturgeon, I've heard it's a lower temperature, like, high 50, 60, but okay. I haven't found anything that really shows that or, yeah. you know— and they they'll spawn in big rocks like big riprap rocks. From, oh, really? That's my understanding. Yeah. Wow.
0: Like the big riprap walls that yes. we have. Okay. Yeah.
1: So like fast current, uh, deep, rock walls. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. It's very interesting. No one else
0: uses that, so might as well, you know.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's uh. So like if you you know all the buoys that they have out for like the green sturgeon egg traps. Yeah. You notice most of those are along those walls. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Especially like through Clusa.
0: Yeah. So you're talking green and white. Those are two yeah. distinct species. Those
1: are the main two that uh, we have. I believe there's like three or four or five species. Okay.
0: I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Cause... There's
1: like the golden stort, sturgeon, white, green. Wow. Um, I, well, we'd have to Google it. but the, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure there's a golden. Um, looks like a giant goldfish kind of. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool.
0: Where are those located?
1: Um, I think like other countries. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That
0: makes sense. That yeah. makes sense.
1: But I want to say I saw a picture of one not too long ago. Really? From the Delta.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Like
1: extremely rare.
0: So the whites are what mostly people are fishing for. Yes. So, in our area.
1: So whites are the only sturgeon that you can retain or target in California. So, okay. So greens are protected. Gotcha. Okay. So okay. above uh, the 162 bridge or Butte City, yeah, there's zero sturgeon fishing. Okay. So like no tolerance. So like you can't even, you know, yeah, go catch and release.
0: So l- most of your sturgeon fishing then is below Butte City. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Yep. Yeah. Butte City to Tisdale. Gotcha. Kind of the, the the range that I like to go. Gotcha. And guys, fish warm, you know basically Butte City all the way through the delta.
0: Yeah, because you hear guys fishing for them down in the delta, and those are fish either kind of moving through or hanging out type. Yeah,
1: of? so I I think that's kind of where they um, grow or yeah. hang out. Um, yeah, you know, because they're I mean they're there all year round. Yeah, like, in numbers. Gotcha. Yeah,
0: and so the green are protected. Yes, but in, the endangered gr- endangered and protected, yeah, yep. but they still swim up the river as well, right? Yes. Okay, because aren't those the ones that a lot of guys catch while they're salmon fishing?
1: Yeah, like bite catch.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, so especially um, like guys that fish salmon row.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Bouncing eggs. Yep. Yeah,
1: they'll they'll bite that and catch them. I've caught a few like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: And are they on the same spawn
1: pattern? Um, like the greens?
0: Yeah, are they coming up in the spring as well? And then- yeah,
1: so like the last major article I kind of came across um, James Stone actually sent yeah. it to me um, there's like two major migrations up and out oh, of green sturgeon so wow. there's like a really early December January one okay come up yeah say 10 20% come up then yeah and then the rest come up like in March interesting it's like the big yeah it's off like acoustical mm-hmm. uh, tag pingings. Wow and so they'll some of them will hang in the river for six months to a year.
0: Before they spawn.
1: But well, I don't know about that, but before gotcha. they turn around and leave.
0: Before they turn around and leave. Okay. Yeah.
1: So like they'll come up and I'm sure they still spawn in the spring when that temperature's right.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Um,
1: but if they're going farther up river, it takes longer for that temperature to warm up. Gotcha. So maybe they're later. Gotcha. Um, but and then there's a big outflow in July, August. Gotcha. And then Uh, As far as migration out. Yeah. And then some will go out later, like with the first flood, like November, December.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. And from what I can remember from the article is like, there's really no rhyme or reason. Yeah. Like some fish would stay, you know, a year and some would only stay six months.
0: That's so interesting. In their world, there's a reason. We just don't know it yet. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And a lot of it's timed with like the big summer flow push in like August. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that big influx, that they would leave. Gotcha. And then same with like the first big flood, a lot of them would leave.
0: That's interesting. You know, yeah. it's like nature finds a way, right? Yeah. Like there's a reason.
1: Well, I mean, a lot of those fish been live way longer than the dam.
0: That's the thing I was going to ask too, of like, yeah. you know, that's one of the things I start digging into it is like how uh, they have I mean everybody calls them dinosaurs, right? They have yeah, they are. but like they're I was reading too, they are as closely related to the dinosaur or the prehistoric fish as any species we have I think outside of the shark. Crocodiles yeah. Or the crocodiles and the sharks, yeah. yeah. Cuz they are goofy looking. Oh, they're yeah. They're cool. <laughs> yeah. They're so cool. So how, you know, when we talk about the two types, so greens are completely off the yeah. Those are by catches at best. Yeah. Um
1: like if you catch one, you're not even taking it out of the water.
0: Yeah, like uncut cut the hook, whatever. You, yep. Yeah. Yeah, Hook it, let it go. Yeah. And but the target species are the the whites. Yep. And now is there a slot limit on those? Yeah. Okay.
1: So the slot limit is forty to sixty inches. Gotcha. From the nose to the fork of the tail.
0: Which for those fish, that's not a huge sturgeon, right? Like um, I mean forty to sixty inches is pretty big, but
1: I mean that's five foot fish on the big side.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right. Plus
1: add eight to twelve inches for the length of the tail. Yeah. So I mean overall that's a sixty. That's a pretty big fish. Okay, okay, okay.
0: I'm crazy. I was maths the maths are not my thing. So now in the meat is the is it a is it a good fish to eat? They're delicious. Okay. That's that they got that working against them. Yeah, they do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like so they don't have any bones. In their body that's
0: right i remember reading that yeah, it's all, yes
1: it's just cartilage gotcha they have a spinal column mm-hmm. that's like you know maybe two inches around like it's huge wow that runs from their back of their head to their tail okay and it's just like this giant um membrane that's where all their like their nerves, nerves
0: and, and all their okay
1: and it's i mean you can take it out it's like a rope I mean, that's it's, insane it's stiff, though it's like yeah it's like a soft stiff rope
0: they do kind of look like a big ball of goo when you put put them up on the deck or yeah. something, you know. Yeah, I mean? and
1: that's why, I like, handling them, right? Yeah, like if it's if it's, I think it's sixty six or sixty eight inches, yeah, size, you're not allowed to take them out of the water.
0: And that makes sense, right? They don't yeah. have the supportive structure to handle right. that.
1: So, like, if you pick them up, say by the belly with mm-hmm. two hands, and they don't have the bone structure to support them, so you can hurt them. Yeah, and so that's why, I like, the really big ones
0: you're in the water with you them, right? In the water. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I think those are so many of the shots you had last year. Where I'm just like, Oh my gosh, look at that person with the yeah. fish in the water. It's yeah. so cool.
1: Yeah. A couple of them last year were, you know, over nine feet.
0: Yeah. You got some insanely yeah. large fish last yeah. year.
1: There's one in particular I couldn't put my arms around, you know, that's insane. Holding it like this in the water and the, yeah. the tail's longer than the tip of your fingers to your, you know, armpit just a big old paddle. I mean, it's, that's insane. So cool. Yeah.
0: And so, so the bigger fish are obviously protected. Then there's the whole deal of isn't. And I'm, I think I know this for sure, but the eggs are a delicacy as well. It's essentially caviar, yeah. right? Yeah. So they got multiple things working against yep. them.
1: Yeah. So there's a huge like poaching issue, right? Yeah. I mean, especially the big females. The yeah. Um, typically, I mean, I could be off on this, but, from my experience of catching all the ones I've caught, I've only ever caught one that was a keeper sized female. Gotcha. Yeah. The rest that in that keeper slot have been males.
0: So most of the big ones are females and you're letting them go.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I, I, have, I've been hearsay told this. I don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. I've heard that they can uh, potentially like, shift sex.
0: I, you know, I read something like that yeah. too. Yeah.
1: So like if there's too many males or too many females, yeah, like they can adapt.
0: That's insane.
1: Um, or like once they hit an eight, I, I don't, I don't, that's no, I- no, no, no.
0: I, I've heard that before too, that there's there, they adapt to like a herd mentality, right? Yeah. Like they can, yeah. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah. But, um, you would think though a fish that has been around that long has adapted many times over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They figured something out. Yeah. So when you get to the age thing, that is another trippy thing. Like they don't grow incredibly fast from what I read. Right. They're very slow. They're very slow growing. So when you catch like a six foot fish. Yeah. I mean, how old is that thing?
1: I mean, it's, you know, I'd have to pull up the chart to know for sure. But like, um, some of the, so once they hit a size they grow even slower right so once they gotcha. get over say eight feet yeah they grow slower so like instead of say an inch a year or whatever the growth rate is yeah they go down to half an inch or wow so once you get over eight feet you know nine feet like those fish are, are so like the charts are like you look at you can look you pull five or six different charts and they all yeah. say different ages
0: because they don't it's like yeah. striper weight charts right? Right, like, right right yeah
1: so like last year the one we caught it was like not, almost nine and a half feet and the chart was anywhere from 100 to 150 years jeez is you know according yeah. to the ones that i could find on yeah. google and
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: it's like uh, that's you know that's just
0: awesome being i don't know about you but like whenever you're holding or in the presence of an animal like that oh yeah so like, much respect you know, standing next to something and holding yeah. it and being like, "Dude, this thing is a hundred years
1: old." Yeah, like I mean, that thing's. You know, I don't. I don't believe they spawn every year. I think it's every couple, three years. Yeah, so that thing's come up the river thirty times to spawn
0: since like the Great Depression. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it probably spawned one time up by Dunsmere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, potentially. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's seen every condition of the river. Yeah. And here it is, still coming up.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. That, and and that's kind of one of the things when I was, when I was researching them. I'm like, dude, just thinking that like, you know, there was a couple shots. I think of that big one where like uh somebody's in the water with it. And I'm just like, dude, that is just, that's an experience. Yeah. And then seeing that big, just peaceful animal swim away. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. What's funny is like, they look like you'll see them swimming in shallows or. Yeah. And you're just kind of, there, just kind of peaceful and docile, you know, totally. But when you hook one, it's like all hell breaks loose.
0: Well, that was, so when I see them, they're just up on the surface, like chilling and you know, you kind of, they just kind of appear and you can tell they're curious, right? Like they're just kind of looking and, um, but you do see, I mean the, the classic YouTube search of Columbia river. I mean, they jump like that's a thing. Yeah. Now do the sackfish jump? Oh yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, I almost hit one in the boat today. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Geez. I was go we were going back into the launch and, um, I mean, I was going 30 miles an hour. And yeah. Maybe 15, 20 feet in front of me, a uh, probably like a five, six footer tail walked out of the water. Really? And I mean, it was a, a half a second, a second sooner. Like I could almost hit it. Holy like cow. It, was like, it made me jump. Like I jumped back, you <laughs> know, like <laughs> a deer running out. In front yeah. Of me. And, uh,
0: you had some bad luck on the way here today. Yeah, almost hit a deer too. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah, and I mean, it was pretty, pretty cool.
0: That's insane. So they do jump like you see on the videos yeah. and stuff. Yeah. That's so the, insane.
1: The last one we caught, um, hooked it and it made, you know, like a hundred, 150 foot run. Wow. I mean, just instant, just run.
0: So they there. run, they're fast. They're going to take fast. off. Okay. I
1: mean, as fast as you like, hooking up to a car and flooring it okay and just run 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 they turn around and run right back at you so you get to reel as fast as you can wow and you just you know and then they turn around yeah and do it again they can usually get like two or three really big ones yeah and then they kind of go into like bulldog mode like hunker down one. mode yep yeah and uh, usually like the first or second run they'll, they'll for whatever reason they'll go straight up like try to come completely out of the water
0: Cause, and that's what, what's always amazed me about that is th- they're completely bottom dwelling fish, yeah. right? Like they're, they are built to be on the bottom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The way their mouth is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They have, um, I call it like a trunk. It like protrudes out. Yes. And, um, I mean, when you, when they're sitting there, it's completely flat on the bottom of their mouth, but yeah. when they feed or you pull it out, like it, it'll come out, you know, anywhere from four to six, seven, eight inches. That's insane. And it's it's just pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. And it's just made to you know, suck
0: stuff off the bottom. Right. Inhale, yeah. Is it similar to like the front of a carp?
1: I'd say it's more like a, like a Sacramento sucker fish. Okay. Okay. Just in the orientation to the bottom of the head. Yeah. Um, and how, how it's positioned. Yeah. It's like straight down.
0: That's it's nuts. Like vacuum. And it's like, they have like almost like a little beak too. Right. Yeah. And it's tucked yes. up under there. Yeah. yeah. So
1: like, I mean, they're very aerodynamic. Yeah. And I think, like, I, I'll see them in really fast current a lot of times.
0: Yeah, we've seen them on the Yuba down below Daguerre in some ripping water. Yeah. And I just, mean, so, like, zoom, glued yeah. on the bottom.
1: The way they're made, like, they can just sit there. Yeah. Like, they're, it's almost like a, the way their head and nose is shaped, it's like a scoop. Like, it just pushes them to the yeah, bottom. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. But uh, there's, I've never seen it, but I, I guess up on the Columbia like white sturgeon will like grab Shad, like the school of Shad. <laughs> so, I mean, they're... They can move. If they want to catch something, they can catch something. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: I mean, they'd have to if they're... Yeah. They'd have to feed on Shad here, I right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, with that, so they'll jump, which is crazy because you hook them dead on the bottom, yeah. right? Like
1: Yeah. So, a lot of times, like, like, you're using, depending on the spot, but you're using a one-pound lead weight, to get it to the bottom stick it to the bottom. Gotcha. And then you use a short leader. Um, It has to be a minimum of 18 inches.
0: By law. Yep. Yep. Okay. So
1: like all my leaders are right at like 19. Gotcha. And the reason you do that is to keep it closer to the bottom. Yeah. And then you can run up to a half ounce sliding egg weight on the leader. Okay. To help keep it to the bottom. Keep it even closer to the bottom. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the idea is put it in a spot, put it down so it doesn't boof. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have friends that, catch them and they like using like five foot leaders and you know, it's like swaying. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're hungry and they're there, they're going to (laughs) eat.
0: So you cast, you anchor the boat. Yep. Anchor the boat. And have you, are you graphing fish and then fishing to them? Yeah. Okay. That's the only way to do it. I would imagine.
1: Yeah. So there, I mean, there's fish in like all the spots. Okay. But what I look for is like, the, the water fish gotcha so some mornings it might take me an hour and a half two hours before i actually fish gotcha so i'll just drive and look and drive and look and drive yeah. and look. sometimes i'll go 15 miles and go you know what we saw most of them the first mile turn around and go all the way back down there and got gotcha. set up on them and until i started doing that um i had limited success yeah but ever since doing that like it's really increased productivity Gotcha. So, and if
0: you spend the time to find them, yeah.
1: Find like a lot of them because gotcha. it's like duck hunting. Like it, it takes a couple of flocks for one to come in. Like it, gotcha. it takes a lot of fish to get one to bite. It's gotcha. Same with salmon.
0: Yeah. 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 So are they, are they eating
1: in freshwater? Yeah.
0: Okay. So well, it's yeah. not like salmon where they're like, correct. You know, yeah. not eating, but they're looking to chow. Yep. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you can, it, <laughs> when you throw out bait, it's like a smorgasbord. You know. Yeah, like, no, and
0: that's so funny cuz like I remember. I can't I was watching some fishing show and I think it was one of Conway's fishing shows. Conway Bowman and he went carp fishing in the Columbia and this guy that was guiding him had like mason jars full of like like dead rotting fish, of course, cuz it smells horrible, with like gummy bears and like all sorts of weird gummy yeah. candy and like <laughs> and it was like lined up, right? It looked like something out of like a horror movie, you know, and and it's it's just scent, right?
1: Is yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, i I think they key in on certain things, yeah. Like, throughout maybe day to day, week to week, yeah. Um, but like, there's a lot of eels that come, yeah, up right yeah, 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 it's yeah. Like that's a great food source for them because those those are coming up, yeah, and they're
0: right um, on the bottom.
1: Yep. So you got eels. Um, I mean, they eat a lot of, uh, like sardines, herring, right in the, in yeah. the ocean. Gotcha. So you're using a lot of that. You, makes sense. Um, same with ghost shrimp. Gotcha. Powerworms, uh, worms. Like those things yeah. aren't in the river.
0: Yeah. And, but they're back home. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So you, gotcha. you use them here. Um, gotcha.
1: You know? Yeah. Night crawlers, lots of night crawlers, <laughs> um, power bait. Uh, that's I mean, everything. <laughs> everything yeah. And you stuff it all on one hook oh, yeah. and soak it down there. Tuna, clams. Oh I mean, man, hair, Yeah, like pickled herring. Like you go to the grocery store and buy yeah. jars of pickled herring.
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So do you? And I mean, this is going to be. Do you? Do you pattern those baits? Like, are you like, oh, dude, I got to have pickled herring because um, that's what they're on. Is it like oh, you know man. you got to have the so, like, if this I'm, color of fly?
1: If, if I'm going, I always have like at least. Six cans of uh, night crawlers. Okay, that's like the always. always that's happen. that's the chartreuse and white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and then eel because the eel's really tough. Yeah. So like, if the squawfish are really bad.
0: Oh yeah 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 yeah. Um,
1: the bait robbers, right? Like yeah,
0: I didn't even think of that. How do you keep eel. a big stinky ball of bait down on the river?
1: Eel, they can't eat it off. Wow. So like, as the water warms up and those fish become more active. Yeah. I mean, it gets to a point where like eels, like the only thing you can keep. I was just going to say
0: that, right? Yeah. Like you couldn't right. keep bait on.
1: Yeah. And then like, uh, like raw salmon eggs. Yeah. Um, work really well. That's what we hooked one on today with. Wow. And I mean, there, there'll be a day where you cannot use anything but eel. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it'll just get yeah, mauled. Yeah. You, you see, yeah. You throw it out. It's like, peck, 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 peck. Go like, well, I got to reel it up. I don't have any bait. Yeah
0: that's interesting yeah so you you find them and then yeah drop anchor
1: yeah so like they i i wish you could say they're patternable yeah um but when you start looking they could be in a, a slow flat they could be in a fast run they yeah could be in a deep hole like yeah like today where i was seeing them the last time they really weren't so I was like all thrown off and I, yeah, yeah. I only had like a half day to fish. So yeah, we were, we ended up finding some in a, a deep hole and that's where we fished. Um, but like there was some, they were really strung out. There's like some in some runways or some, yeah. in some flats or some in some holes, but it wasn't a concentration anywhere. Yeah. Um, but if you can find them concentrated in like a pinch spot or somewhere that's real tight. Yeah. You know, you, you have a better chance at, all those fish seeing your bait. Right? Gotcha. So we like, if they're in the big ditches or flats, mm-hmm. they could be, you know, say the river's 150, 200 feet wide. Yeah. And they could be going through a hundred foot area of it. Yeah. And you're fishing a 15, 20 foot wide of bait. Yeah. You got, yeah. It's coin unless you're on the perfect line. Yeah. It's hard to,
0: now are they moving or are they holding?
1: So if they're in a hole, Okay. Or an area, right? Yeah. So say, say you have like your main current line and then there's always like a soft eddy or yeah. spot within a hole, right? Yeah. So from what I can tell from watching like the, the fish finder, the sight scan, yeah. and all that, they'll feed up a line or move up a line or swim up a line, whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. They'll hit a point and then they'll ride that current back down to the bottom. They almost, they gotcha. sit there and carousel.
0: Yeah. There's two donuts in there.
1: Yep. And that's. If they're active, that's what they're doing.
0: And that's probably what you want, right?
1: Yes, because they're active. Yeah. They're feeding, they're moving around. Yeah. If you go through and you mark a bunch, you set up and you sit there for 20, 30 minutes and you don't see any activity on the screen. Yeah. They're just, they're stacked. Chilling. For whatever reason, they're yeah. resting, sleeping. Yeah. You know? Totally. Um, and then you pull up anchor and you float back and you're like, dude, they're all around my bait. Like, <laughs> they're there. They're yeah. Just, they're not doing anything. Yeah.
0: Not interested.
1: Yeah. So, like in the Delta, the tide charts, gotcha are their main feeding cues gotcha so like incoming or outgoing like they target those tides to target the fish because that's when they feed makes sense the river's consistent current the whole time so
0: they can eat anytime they want
1: yeah yeah so like that's weird um i think there's something to be said about like the peak fishing time charts yeah. Like I, I never believed those until, <laughs> until
0: you started start stirred in fishing.
1: Cause we would, I have buddy Mike who, Henry, who would, you know, swears by him. Right.
0: Yeah. 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 Everybody has that friend. Yeah yeah,
1: yeah. So we would, we'd, uh, we'd look back and be like, Oh, we had a bunch of activities. Say, you know, 11 o'clock. We got yeah. one at noon yeah and then just kind of died off. So he'd, he'd pull up his time chart and sure enough, like the peak, <laughs> the peak bite hour was like right at noon. And you're like, seriously,
0: dude. I don't know how many times I've downloaded that app on my phone and been like, I should really pay attention to this. Then I've never, then I'm like, as soon as my phone's like, your memory's full, it's the first one to get deleted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I still don't have it downloaded. (laughs) I'm going to go regardless. (laughs) Yeah, totally. uh, Totally. uh, But with that being said, like we've looked at it plenty of times and it was like poor day, like no bite on the app, but we caught like two or three fish. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. They're just such a, there's, they, they seem to be such a mystery and I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot of people fish for them, right?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're like one fish that's always like intrigued me. Yeah. And so like, I've, I mean, that was like one of the first things I can remember. Like, I got to figure out how to catch this. Yeah. And like, they're so hard to catch Yeah. in the river anyways. And like,
0: everybody knows they're
1: there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's like. I gotta I gotta get one yeah and I don't know how many trips I spent with and like never caught one
0: how long did it take you to catch one
1: I I mean like a year uh yeah probably about a, like a season a year yeah. going out and doing it yeah and then kind of figuring out their patterns and yeah and like getting a better fish finder and then, yeah I was gonna say electronics you know, are crucial yeah and then like going with friends that had done it before and had success and kind yeah yeah okay, so we're here. Why are we here? You know? Yeah. 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 You yeah, might yeah. go two or three times and only catch one. And then I think like, well, about uh, three years ago yeah. when I finally like feel like I figured it out. Yeah. And that's when I started taking people. Gotcha. Like before it was just fun fishing. Like totally. I wasn't going to take anybody unless I felt like I had a chance. Yeah. 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 So about three years ago, I figured it out like to the point where it was like, okay, yeah. I can and do then, this. And like, last year it was just it was on
0: i i mean yes last year you posted a lot of amazing fish yeah. i i w- i took notice yeah. yeah so on a big water year like this it just spreads them out more
1: yeah they have more water to swim in yeah and um
0: does it pull more up
1: it, theoretically it should yeah i mean it usually does yeah um but i the so this so typically by now the water is over 50 yeah it's cold it's 47 today yeah inclusive and, yeah, I mean, that's cold.
0: That's cold. I have, so, I, last time I went out, it was like, f- I was striper fish it was like 47, 48. I'm yeah. like, this is yeah, pretty fruitless.
1: Yeah. 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 So with it being this cold, this late, um, I mean, we've had enough flows for them to yeah, queue up, Yeah, but I suspect as soon as it warms up just a little bit, a lot more will move up. Yeah. Um, because we did hit 50, but like a month ago. Yeah. 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 And yeah. And since then it, it's back down
0: yeah was that little pseudo spring yes yeah the
1: teaser yeah <laughs> um yeah I, but i feel like 50 is for me is like the magic number of yeah action i mean like you can catch them when it's colder yeah but the, i feel like there's more fish more activity when, gotcha. when it warms up
0: now do they eat a lot i mean are they i mean i mean i look i think of a nine foot fish and i mean i think of my right. like that fish has got a
1: yeah, so my understanding, they have a slow metabolism. That's okay. That's why they live so long. Gotcha. So they don't there's a have there's
0: to. a key to survival there yeah. that.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they don't have to eat as much um, because they have a slow metabolism. Gotcha. Um, but I mean, a fish that big still has to eat. Right.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. you know, I'm thinking like, dude, dude, fish is eating an eel. It's like, boy, you may need to eat a few more just yeah, one right No,
1: especially compared to like a striper or totally like a no that's the and first thing yeah gorge but they, they just how like fast they grow
0: that's true so. yeah yeah that makes sense though that makes sense um you were talking about them eating like live bait yeah have you ever seen them like i mean they don't seem like they chase
1: yeah i've never seen them like you know chasing things or like yeah i i take that back i take that back okay um I have multiple times on the fish finder, yeah, in the summer, okay, like uh like June July mm-hmm. um and these are more I'm guessing greens just because I'm farther up river, like yeah fishing, yeah, and I'll see undoubtedly a giant ball of shad on the fish finder, yeah, and then the next thing you see, you'll see three or four sturgeon come by
0: That's and cool. then you'll
1: see the the ball of shad come back by on the other side of the boat, and those sturgeon are following them. That okay. So I have seen that
0: they're jumping times in there.
1: Yeah, that, yeah. They are. They're doing something. Yeah. Whether or not they're, they're not making them, friends. Yeah. They're. They're. <laughs> yeah. They're thinking about it. Yeah. It's way too. I've seen it too many times. Way too coincidental. Where yeah. They're. They're hurting them. Or, yeah. You know, moving around.
0: That's funny because Chuck talks about seeing them on like the feather in the Yuba, and they're always behind like schools of shad. will bet yeah yeah.
1: Especially lower clear water. Where you yeah. Can see that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. That'd be that would be something to see. Yeah. See a yeah. bunch of big sturgeons smashing on a school right. of bait fish.
1: Just rushing them and- yeah.
0: It's funny, you know, there's that's there's a short list of things that I'm like, I really want to see that at some point in my life on the river. A lot of them are things Henry's already seen and told me about. Yeah. But that that's gonna come up on the list. Yeah. That's pretty cool.
1: I, I mean, I've the stories I've heard from like the Columbia. Yeah. They're um one of my buddies' dads just always talks about it. I guess there's like glass viewing windows at some of the... Dams yeah, in the yeah, yeah, letters.
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: And so he's seen, you know, like <laughs> these giant sturgeon, like crush the shad against the glass. <laughs> oh, like you're standing man. there watching it. And like, yeah. Pin them and eat
0: them. Oh my so, gosh. I mean... You're there with little Joey and right? <laughs> and just pinning and killing things. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: That, that I mean, that's up there. I think they have way more yeah. fish in general.
0: Yeah. yeah but, is that is that kind of the like... Valhalla of sturgeon fishing yeah. is the Columbia. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: For my bachelor party, we went up to out of Portland. Yeah. And, um, well, a couple of reasons, but uh, <laughs> the sturgeon fishing was one of them. That's awesome. Um, and we caught it. We, it was a full day trip. Yeah. We went with a guy named sturgeon Frank. <laughs> that was his guide service name.
0: I hope that's really his last name too. Right. Like or yeah. first name for that yeah, case. It was Frank. Yeah. That's
1: <laughs> and. He was like the, the grumpiest, crustiest, oldest, stereotypical fishing yeah. guide that you can picture. Right? Yeah. 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 And we get in the boat and he goes, All right, you ready? We're like, Yeah. And he goes, hits the throttle and backs off and goes, All right, we're here. We're <laughs> <laughs> like, What? You know, we yeah. <laughs> went straight out from the boat launch and like, this is like uh, right at the mouth of the Willamette and the Columbia. Yeah. 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 And there's big old grain chips going by and vessels, yeah. you know. And, um, He like make, he goes, well, should we make sure they're still here? And we're like, "Uh, okay. So he does like a little circle on his boat and goes, yeah, they're still here. (laughs) (laughs) And just pitches out the anchor and like, oh,
0: this is what this guy does.
1: Yeah. Like we didn't even get the first second rod out. And he's he's like, Hey, you might want to reel that one up, you know? Wow. And we caught, I think it was 51 in six hours. 51 fish. 51 sturgeon in six hours.
0: How many dudes was that? Six of us. Holy cow.
1: I like got to the. We only had four rods out.
0: You're nuked. Like you're. That's why. That's why we only went six hours. Yeah, you, know, you like, are done. Yeah,
1: we hit yeah. 50, and he was like, "Well, you boys had enough." We're like, "Yeah, we want to drink some beer." <laughs> yeah, this you is know? my bachelor party. Yeah. I want to be able to move. Right.
0: How? What? What were the sizes of those?
1: So they were like, "Quote unquote," schoolies. Yeah. So anywhere from three to six feet.
0: Dude, that's a still an
1: yeah. awesome and fish. we were using like salmon rods, you know, light rods because.
0: That's so cool.
1: It was amazing. Now
0: those fish, do they live in the river year round or are they moving in and out too, like our fish?
1: Um, you know, I'm not that familiar up there, but I know like we're still very tidal. Yeah. You're still getting. Tidal yeah, I guess influences. you're right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm guessing.
0: That's probably their Delta area. They're moving yeah, in and out, like out of
1: maybe their upper Delta, you know? Yeah. Cause there's still predominant river current, but there's still tidal yeah. influence, but it was slightly brackish, but not brackish.
0: Yeah. And you can get, I mean, what are the big ones up there? like Like 12 feet yeah i mean like
1: 10 feet 11 feet 10 is like the holy grail is that the like
0: 20 inch trout or the 50 pound striper like okay yeah okay 10
1: plus you know
0: 10 feet that's insane
1: yeah giant yeah and those those things are still big around i mean yeah
0: like those are the ones where dudes are like hanging every dude in the boat's hanging over the boat like holding it Yeah. yeah or at least pinning it against the boat yeah Now, those fish would obviously be females, yes. The big ones like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, up there, depending on, like, the really big ones. Yeah. They're, like, landlocked between the dams.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. I I don't know if they're... You don't know, yeah. yeah, They're just old. They're just old. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Old and stuck.
0: That's nuts. Well, so you have, uh, how long will this go? How long will sturgeon fishing go this year, you Um, think?
1: It'll go all the way through April. Gotcha. You know, and be good. Yeah. Um. I'll quit fishing for them first week of April because stripers will be yeah plentiful and yeah all those trips start. So
0: yeah. So on that note, um, April you start doing conventional trips for stripers. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I do a lot of gear trips. Um. Pretty much April first through May fifth. Gotcha. May tenth, depending on the year, somewhere. Down yeah. First week of May. Yeah. Um.
0: Then what do you, wh- why stop in May? Is it th- those schoolies just kind of thin yeah, so out?
1: Typically by then they've, they're starting to spawn. Yeah. Warming up. Mm-hmm. They kind of do their deal and scatter. Gotcha. Um, And then I just, I move on. Gotcha. I go, I'll do some shad trips. Um Gotcha. And then roll into to like my summer striper fishing. Cool. Yeah.
0: So with the gear trips for stripers, cause I know, I mean, it's a great trip for kids.
1: Oh my gosh. It's like, yeah. The best, yeah.
0: And I know I've done it with you if, I did it with you and Darren once and uh, I've done it a couple times with my boys after I did it with you and Darren yeah. with moderate success. Um, it, tell people a little bit about that because I always say that's a good trip like to make the sale of fishing with young kids. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's usually a lot of action yeah and you get to keep two of them that yeah are over eighteen inches, and they're delicious, yeah so
0: well and, and you can you can keep two and keep fishing as long as someone else doesn't keep two, correct um, how's that work? I you, remember you and Darren were trying to explain to it me one time, If you catch, again, the math is not,
1: yeah, uh, if you catch your two fish technically you're done you're done striper fishing, gotcha, okay, so. Um, if you catch one and then catch another, you could upgrade, like throw one back. Gotcha. As long as you don't have two in possession. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, so.
0: Gotcha. Like, so you can keep one and keep fishing as long as you want.
1: Oh yeah. 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 But if, as soon as you quote unquote keep two. You're done. Yeah. So gotcha. Then, but if they're still alive in the live well.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Cause I mean, I think about it like you, I mean, when it's good, you're, not going to need to fish long.
1: Well, yeah. So like when it's good, um, like if you catch one, say it's like 18 and a quarter. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, throw it back. You're going to catch a bigger one.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: And
0: and so for kids and stuff, what, what, what do, what does it look like? So you meet early.
1: Yeah. So typically you meet early, um, and you start fishing, excuse me, before the sun comes up or right when the sun's coming up. Yeah. Um, usually have my area or spot that I like to go to. Yeah. So, you, you know, kind of race there and yeah. start fishing. And, um, depending on the spot or the year, you'll either troll minnows downriver or mm-hmm. sit in a spot and back bounce them or kind of anchor up. Yeah. Um, but I run all line counter reels. Gotcha. So it's really easy. F- I mean, yeah. as long as you can read numbers, <laughs> hey, man, yeah, <laughs> you know, let it out Yeah. hundred feet and stop it. Gotcha. And just, Set the hook when you feel a wiggle, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's perfect for kids. It's perfect. Yeah,
0: because yeah. I mean, I remember you posting pictures of your your boys, and they were young, young when you yeah. started taking them out. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah Joey, um, he's six and a half, and and that kid's got a ton of stripes. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I got him. Yeah, last year he caught his first uh casting. That's you know, awesome. The, yeah, casting out little swim baits and
0: yeah I that's how my boys started man I mean they started doing the bait after I went out with you and Darren that time got myself a bait tank and uh then it was bait casters yeah and then it was eventually the fly rod so by the time they get to the fly rod it's like they're sold so yeah you know they're committed yeah that's great and so that will that'll take that'll go April through May
1: yeah and and that's those trips are like I can take up to six people. Yeah, in boat. So that's kind of when I feel like you know you can go catch six limits.
0: Yeah, you can go with family. A couple, yeah. you know, dad, grandpa, kids. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a really. I remember the times I've gone down there because we even gone down there and fly fish. Like north of Calusa, the river is still really pretty. It is. Yeah. I, I you know I have noticed that you know there's
1: it looks a lot like. It, parts it, of up here. It does. Yep. It
0: looks very similar. And I always tell people that you go south of Calusa, it completely changes. turns into a ditch. It turns into a ditch. That's yep. a nice way to put it. Uh, but you go north and it is the river that, you know, we all know up here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great way to get some fish for the table and not really feel guilty about keeping them or anything no, like that. They're, Cause I mean, there's they're all schoolies. Yeah. They're all schooly males. four to Five pounds. On yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, so you do that. And then, uh, shad fishing yeah you do that shad conventional and fly right yeah yeah, yeah both yeah
1: um yep and that's kind of like a may may yeah season, you know yeah uh, so i'll kind of roll into that do a couple weeks of that and then you know right after then i'll go right back into i call it casting trips or either yeah fly or conventional and yeah go cast for stripers yeah so. and then
0: cross your finger for salmon yeah 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 maybe maybe Not maybe maybe So do you have dates open for sturgeon and striper, conventional striper trips coming up this year?
1: Yeah, I have a a few striper trips open in April. It's pretty filled, but I still have a few left. Um, Cool. And then I have a few at the end of March for sturgeon still.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. That's good. So where can people reach you for those?
1: Um, Well, the easiest, I got my website's fishadam.com. So it's
0: you locked that down early. Yeah, You got that when like AOL came out. Yep. Like you, yep. You're like, my name's Adam and I like to fish. I need yep. that. <laughs> Fishadam.com. That's yep. the
1: easiest way to remember.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you got a good website. You're super active on social media, fishadam on Instagram. And I know you're good about returning phone calls and emails. Yep. So yep. Yep. yeah. And then, yeah, we'll have to have you back on over the summer and talk striper fishing too Let's since after it. we've both been out there a while. Yeah. So oh,
1: should be good. A lot of water. Should be There's good. a
0: lot of water. Yeah. I, it, I'm excited. I think it's going to be good. You know, how yeah. far do you think those migratory fish are going to come this year?
1: Um, Well, I mean, like the bulk, the schools, the spawners. Yeah. Um, if we get to, like, the end of the week, the guidance plots show the river going really big.
0: Yes, because that storm's supposed to be warm this week. Yeah. And all the Weekend. No.
1: Yeah. So if that happens and then we get some more rain, that'll put us middle into March. Mm-hmm. Those, I mean, if we get another storm after that, yeah, I don't think it's unreasonable to say potentially Butte City.
0: Yeah, and it, correct me if I'm wrong, but the last big water Butte City was packed. Do yeah. you remember that? Oh yeah, like that was where all the guides were.
1: Yeah, it got to the point where there's so many guides, I started going out Ord Bend, and there's just as many fish.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I totally remember that because w- you and I I went uh, out yes of
1: Scotty's a couple of times and yes. didn't even leave the boat launch. And yes, yes. It.
0: Okay, that's so that's that's what my memory was as well. And that's what I was I'm mentally preparing for.
1: I don't think it'll be that was that was seventeen. Yes. The damn year. The damn yes. damn year. Yes, the damn damn year. And I mean that was like
0: they're not gonna make that mistake again.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. If the lake gets full. I I which it very well could this next week. Yeah. No. Two weeks. It, yeah. And then we get another rain and they gotta let water out. Yeah. It could be. It won't be the same, but it could be.
0: Could be. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be an interesting spring, man. And there's be a lot to do. So
1: yeah, it's going to be fun either way. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. We'll have to do it again. We've tried to make this happen a few times, so it's glad to get you here. So absolutely. And uh, I want to thank our sponsors, Loon Outdoors and Sierra Nevada Brewing. And definitely if you want to get out with Adam, uh, check out fishadam.com, follow him on social media and you can see all the giant sturgeon as I usually do. So Take care, everybody, and we'll listen to you and talk to you next time. Bye-bye.
1: No better, fish better. Part of the Barbless Podcast Network. Special thanks to our sponsors. Without them, this show would not be possible. Like this episode? Leave a review.